by Tom Tivnan Performed by Thomas Judd Chapter 1 Discovery North Atlantic, 1816 Jesus fuck almighty, John moaned. Why have you forsaken me? Or that is what he wanted to moan, but couldn't, beaten by exhaustion and a tongue wallowing in deprivation. With each waterless day it had swelled, filling his mouth, the tip protruding out of cracked lips. John loved to talk, yet now his tongue, engorged and lazy, refused to work. The prayers, monologues and exhortations to above all came out as mumbled mash. He grabbed his tongue and tried to manually form the words, but couldn't. He slumped back on the kayak, flinging his arms out, the tips of his salt-encrusted mittens dipping on either side into the sea. He looked at the water just inches from his face and fought the urge to drink again. The last time, the last few times, had made him cough and retch and had only made him thirstier. He remembered a line from that poem Father Kelly had taught him, one he never really appreciated until now. Water, water everywhere, nor a drop to drink. Despite himself, he laughed. He thought of Mary and what she would say if she could see him now. Idiot. That was one of her favourite English words, one she would scold him with, but stressed with a smile, elongating each syllable comically, often accompanied by her throaty chuckle. E-D-O-T. He had heard that word over and over. Idiot, John, you let the fishing line go again. Idiot, John, you could have killed that seal. And he could almost hear her now. You idiot, John. You E-D-O-T. You strap enough meat onto the kayak for a week but only bring one pouch of water. John had realised his mistake after a day of constant paddling when he had drunk the last of the pouch and searched for another. He had thought of turning around, but only briefly. There was no one there for him now. His only way was forward. Forward to paradise. Father Kelly had often pointed it out when they were walking in the early morning, John following Mary's lead, the priest slipping and sliding on the snow, clumsily bringing up the rear. There, children, he would say, with the convulsing and twitching that always got worse when he was excited. To the right of the sun, there is paradise. John and Mary would look impassively towards the horizon as Father Kelly shook and blinked away tears. Ah, Jesus fuck almighty. Sure it's not the Lord goddamn God in heaven paradise, but as close as you can get in this life. Sligo town. Sligo town. John repeated in father's rolling, lilting way as he sat upright and paddled towards paradise. A slap of cold water jerked him awake. The sky was gloomy grey, the sea rough, the kayak careening into troughs that curled and stretched high above. He made to paddle again but found his hands were empty. He half-heartedly reached for the back straps for a replacement but knew he had none. You idiot, John. You idiot. He clutched the sides of the kayak and used his body weight to steer into the waves. He managed to slip under one wave, then another, plunging through and emerging on the other side, trying not to open his mouth and drink one under. He pitched along until, popping out of one wave, he was propelled back and downwards by something solid. He gagged, corkscrewing in a reverse barrel roll until the kayak righted itself and propelled him to the surface. Dazed, John wiped and blinked away the water and salt, 
then looked into an eye. The eye was brown and large, as big as John's two fists. It glared with what seemed like both confusion and irritation. Then it shut, and the creature's barnacled head plunged into the sea, followed by the arch of a finback, and then the fluke, a black crucifix that rose and rose, quivering for a moment before slipping down. As it vanished, John noticed the harpoon stuck just above the fin and the length of cable trailing behind. He felt the animal surge underneath the kayak, sensed the sway of its body, heard a low sing-song moan. John shot through another wave and saw more eyes, men's eyes trained intently on the rope, in a boat not a great way off. His heart beat a triple-time flutter and a great swell of joy escaped from his lungs in a whoosh. Deep down he had already shucked off any notion of rescue, of seeing another living soul. Of living. Yet here they were afore him. A miracle.